Hello and welcome to Simplify Complexity, the podcast. I'm Howard Hall, CEO of DTP Group. And in this podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Darren Howe, Deputy Director at Crown Commercial Service, and Matteo Dugand, who's a senior technologist at HPA, responsible for sustainable transformation. What we're hoping to discuss in this episode is how public sector organisations across the UK can use consumption-based IT services to not only drive digital transformation, but to significantly reduce costs, and more importantly, in this podcast, support positive, sustainable impact. So I have two experts with me today, and I'm going to ask each of them a little to to set the scene uh, around, firstly, UK public sector and its drive towards a carbon zero status by 2050. Obviously, that's a long way off, but there are a lot of things happening in the short term that are are going to give that significant momentum and make sure that we get there. And also in terms of how HPE GreenLake and the Memorandum of Understanding that's been signed between Crown Commercial Services and Hewlett Packard Enterprise can actually help drive towards that in terms of providing a new way of acquiring and using technology to not only accelerate digital transformation, but also to drive down environmental or carbon footprint, so to speak. So, Starting with you, Darren, can you give us a sort of a, a feel and a flavour for where UK public sector currently is from an environmental perspective, where those focuses are? Bear in mind, we've, we're coming out of the pandemic, so that's given us a, a definitely another reflection. It's, it's in some cases, it's, it's, you know, one of the positives of the pandemic is it has driven down our sort of carbon footprint to temporarily for some extent. But you can give us a sort of a feel for where UK public sector is instead of the short-term focus, I guess, in terms of direction of travel, that would be fantastic. Yeah, of course, Howard. I think you're right in what you mentioned just just as the latter part of what you just what you've just said, which is I think we've learned from COVID and the pandemic around sustainability and carbon, especially, but in a number of different areas. With the change in, in the way that we are um, actively going about our business with lockdown, people working from home, We've seen the reduction in, in carbon in line with and driving towards the carbon net zero 2050 pledge and goal. I think the, the concerning part is that it is, for all intents and purposes, is a positive blip on the map of a roadmap that is, is still not on course and does need a lot of work looking into it and, and being focused upon. We're starting to see the drive around clean air zones. We're seeing, starting to see electric charging points, pushing for fleet across public sector to be more in the way of electric or hybrid, but also to look at the infrastructure that we actually have that sits behind all this. So when you look at the platforms and you look at the environments, you look at the legacy IT, actually that, that it's not sustainable, it's not fit for purpose, it does drive emissions that are higher than they should be. And I think that one of the things that, that for public sector moving forward, certainly coming out of the, the pandemic is look at the positives that we've learned and how do we implement change into public sector and the way we go about our business, where the way we look at our carbon footprint ourselves, how we are putting plans in place to to really reduce the carbon that we um, and the emissions that we give out. And really just to look at areas where we can add positivity and reduce in that space. So we talk about things like uh, simple things like artificial intelligence and automation. We embed that type of service and that type of environment moving forwards. 
then what we will find is that actually that will reduce the carbon that is generated from a individual or a laptop needing to be on or a desktop monitor needing to be on and all the services that sit in there, the cabling, et cetera, et cetera. It's simply, it can be as simple as that to large scale sustainability change programs and anything in between. We've all got to do our part. We do that personally. We do that in a private sector environment and we need to do that in a public sector environment. And if we do not act now, the, the, the concern is that some of this takes so long to embed. It takes a cultural shift to, that needs to, to be taken, takes that time. And 2050, although it feels like it's a long way away, it, it, it isn't a long way away if we don't act and start thinking about doing stuff now. So that's really where we are in public sector. We are looking at the positives. We are driving innovation in this space and we are looking to do more as well around this. It's really interesting that you sort of suggest that there's a, it's a struggle. You know, COVID has been a sort of, I guess, a, one of the positives. It's been a positive environmental blip and it's short term. A number of UK local government bodies have declared a climate emergency. You know, do you see that side of things accelerating to sort of try and, I guess, drive awareness, if, if, if nothing else, and then mobilise public sector behind these initiatives? Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, the, so there is a drive, and, the, and, and it's quite right, the drive around climate concerns and what that actually means for the globe moving forwards and for future generations. And I don't think we can lose sight of that because that's hugely important. And what we are looking to do and how we look and go about procuring and bringing services to life for general public, but also for the globe, is not at losing sight of that. I guess the, the flip side to it, if we take the sustainability wrapper that wraps around all of that, we talk about carbon and reduction in carbon because that's the environmental side of it. But sustainability is, is about world poverty. It could be about UK poverty. It, it is about wastage. It is about reduction in plastic wastage it is around not wasting water it's not it's about unemployment and so forth and such and we need to ensure that whatever we're doing when we're working with suppliers and, and talking to suppliers about what the future generation looks like for our services or our contracts that we're looking to award is not losing sight of all of those different areas i talk about the 17 un goals the sustainability goals i think if we take those and they're a global play and we bring that more into a UK environment. If we do things in the right way around this, and that is emissions, that is around carbon, it is around unemployment, it is around wastage. If we do the right things and we do even a little along the way, a lot of littles make a lot. And I think that that's the important message that we need to get is, is really keep sustainability at the heart of everything we do. Keep sustainability at the heart of everything we're thinking when we're looking at the future. And, and I mention it often, the supply chain and suppliers have the answers because they're working on the R&D, they're thinking about innovation, they're looking at the next generation, the next steps. It's about how we bring suppliers and buyers together to talk the same language, to really understand the same things and be on the same wavelength, to then really put the, the pedal to the metal, I guess, and drive this, this need sooner rather than later. I love the pedal pedal to the metal uh, analogy. So we talked in the in the previous podcast about digital transformation, the pace of that. Do you think that, you know, digital transformation and I guess environmental transformation, they can sit side by side as, as, as bedfellows quite easily? Yeah, totally. They are, they are hand in glove. Digital transformation will enable the, the sustainability transformation. 
the sustainability transformation probably won't influence the digital transformation. So that's 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 the way it works. We need to think about what our landscapes look like, what our environments look like when it comes to the IT and when it comes to the stack, when it comes to the the environment itself, and and how do we best drive that transformation using all of the different ways that technology have advanced over the years and continue to advance to make the most and the best of producing an output that absolutely will support the sustainability agenda, the carbon net zero agenda, the reduction in greenhouse gases, the the improvement in unemployment, reducing the amount of plastic that's pumped into or goes into to landfill, et cetera, et cetera. It is imperative that we focus and think about how we, even simple things, how we upcycle or recycle laptops that have come to the end of their life. We can't throw those into landfill as much as we are at the moment because that absolutely is, A, it's cost, but B, it's not great for the environment. And we need to think about how we can adjust and, and, and work in those sort of areas to produce a better output. So that, I guess, brings me on to the memorandum of understanding that Crown Commercial Services and HP Enterprise have, have signed around the HP GreenLake as a platform, as a service offering. So how does that, you think that leverages and, and helps us drive this sustainable a positive sustainable impact journey. Yeah, so we were we wanted to go in with suppliers and work with suppliers and produce documentation and MOU in this instance with suppliers who are at the cutting edge and forward thinking in this space. We looked at the proposition around GreenLake, but also Aruba and other cloud services that, that, that HPE have within their product suite. And we understood by working with them, understood the benefits of, of what they are producing and why they produced it and what that looks like from a sustainability perspective. If you just take the Green Lake proposition or if you just take consumption modeling when it comes to areas of data and data hosting, if you look at over provisioning when it comes to, to data and the wastage of storage that is there on every day that we see and the amount of emissions that that churns out and how that damages into the environment then I think that it was quite an easy thing for us to work with HPE to produce a, a memorandum of understanding, an MOU, that would be hugely beneficial to public sector moving forwards. So we were keen to, to, to work with them. We were keen to produce a document that, that allows and informs contracts moving forwards with a sustainability wrap around it, which was uh, important to us as important of any other value proposition. And I think that informs piece is, is, is so key. You know, again, for a long time in IT, we've sort of, I guess, been faced, f- focused on savings, more commercial savings, I guess, uh, over time, you know, as things get faster and things get cheaper. But, you know, there is a cost to that from an environmental perspective. So GreenLake itself, we've also got on the call Matteo, who's a chief technologist with a focus on the environment at HP Enterprise. Matteo, can you give us a flavour in terms of the environmental benefits of GreenLake? Yes, of course, Howard. So to explain this, it's worth getting a bit of context on the concept of sustainable IT, right? So we clearly mentioned that 2050, net zero by 2050 might look very far away. So if we have to put it into context on a yearly basis, becoming net zero by 2050 means that we have to reduce our emissions by 7 to 8% every single year. Right, so that that helps us kind of put things into context on a very on a short term basis. To give you a bit of comparison towards that seven to eight percent decrease per year that is needed, COVID has 
only allowed us to decrease our carbon emissions by seven to 10% in one year. So we essentially would need in theory kind of one COVID per year in order to meet net zero. And that's, that's definitely not something we want, right? So that really kind of highlights the need for a systemic change in the way we behave, in the way we consume things, including the way we consume IT. It's not only about small initiatives here and there, it's about literally changing the way we consume any goods, including IT and digital technologies. Because digital technology is paradoxical in a very paradoxical way to that decrease needed is growing on a seven to 10% year over year basis in terms of uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And so again, that kind of clarifies the need for, for this. And, and at the same time, we have data centers and, and, and IT digital technology infrastructure that, are, uh, that can be very inefficient. And so we definitely have a lot of hope and opportunities to reduce the environmental footprint associated with those digital technology infrastructures so that we can indeed help the UK government and the UK society really, and the planet to meet their net zero goal and to meet their seven to 8% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions per year. And so one of the, the largest opportunities that we see at HPE and at CCS is, is to tackle the over-provisioning that is basically in almost every data center. We have measured that there are there is between 50 and 60% over-provisioning in data centers due to zombie servers, due to underutilized infrastructure. And so we think that through different uh, initiatives, we can actually tackle that over-provisioning. And one of those initiatives that, and one of those solutions is to move from an economy of ownership and possession towards an economy of functionality. And to do so, we need to drive a new consumption models like the as a service consumption model that is sitting behind the GreenLake, um, HPE GreenLake cloud services. Because through those as a service consumption models, we're able to provision and to right size infrastructure in a more efficient way, according to the, almost to the live needs of, of the consumer and the users. And so that solution and that model has um, already kind of helped save some of the users up to 33% on energy consumption versus traditional CapEx models. So it is a, a very tangible and concrete reduction in energy consumption that translates often into a reduction in carbon emissions. And so not only we're tackling this from an over-provisioning perspective, but it's important to acknowledge as well that as a service, consumption models and therefore GreenLake cloud services are also models where vendors keep ownership of the infrastructure, even though they are in uh, on-premises data centers, which means that they are responsible and accountable for the end of life phase of those infrastructures. And therefore HPE takes responsibility for those assets when they come to end of life, we take them back and we are send them to our technology renewal centers in Scotland, where we process more than 4 million IT assets per year so that we can give them a second life, refurbish them. And actually annual performance is very close to 90% of the 4 million assets we receive every single year are given a second life and basically redeployed after being repaired, data swiped, et cetera, et cetera. And so that we can basically then uh, turn them back into the circular economy. Thanks, Mattia. And in terms of those, I guess, 
rejuvenated assets. I mean, Darren, do you think there's there's any stigma around, I guess, UK public sector in certain instances using, I guess, recycled assets at all? So I don't know whether there will be a stigma that, that potentially how would you might have uncovered something there. I think we need to be sensible about where reused product would be best suited. So if you think of the, the, the more recent through the pandemic, the need to have devices and the ability to, to for, for children who are not at school because of the COVID um, situation with homeschooling and not enough in the way of laptops or tablets or any uh, device to allow them to be able to access school learning and to be able to continue their education. That is critical. And there is an absolute opportunity there for departments that are coming to the end of their life with some from the devices to utilize the system that, that Matteo has, uh, has talked about and for those to be recycled and then to be used then in the environment I've just talked about around the children homeschooling. And there's, lot of, there's lots point. of other, there are lots of other sectors, I guess, that have the same sort of need and desire. And we, we as a public sector just need to be working closer and understand, okay, rather than we just put our devices into 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 landfill. Um, we utilise good solid routes to allow recycling and allow further usage of those those devices. And we are benefiting others along the way as well. So we tick. If we want to tick boxes, we're ticking two boxes in that space. But I think the the importance is that we don't lose sight that there is a an opportunity in in this space, a, a significant opportunity. Yeah, totally, totally agree there. Interesting point that Matteo raises about the, I guess, the 50 to 60% over-provisioning. So again, you know, from my perspective, how do we sort of educate buyers at a sort of senior level to sort of focus on that and change? It's a mind shift, isn't it, really? So Matteo, do you want to go first on that? Yeah, of course. Well, it's, it, it takes a lot of, of awareness. It takes also very concrete example initiatives, like, for example, we developed sustainability calculator that is available on our website. If you type Living Progress UK HPE, you will find a sustainability calculator that helps in just a few clicks, kind of any IT leader assess their sustainability maturity of their digital transformation. So th that is also what it takes. And then it provides them with some insights on how to go to the next level in terms of sustainable IT practices. So it takes awareness, it takes podcasts like this, it takes a lot of kind of education and, and dialogue to help them understand what are the business and sustainability benefits of implementing such a dimension in their strategies. And Darren, do you have anything to sort of add on to that? Yeah, so so for me, Howard, I mean, Matteo is very much more articulate than I am. So. Uh, for me, there is a there is a need for people to have a really good look at themselves in the mirror, and I think that that comes from, and that that that's just not in the public sector. So that's that's also in the supply chain. So so I'm aware of data centres where there's massive amount of over provisioning going on, and suppliers are allowing that to happen, and I think there is the need for suppliers to take ownership as much as the public sector take ownership and work together to come out with a, an outcome that is linked to reduction of that over, over um, capacity and over, um, over provisioning, which uh, Matteo has just mentioned. I think when I, when I mentioned about people having a look in the mirror, I think there's also parts where 
look, it's it's a it's busy at the moment. Budgets are tight. There are lots of stuff going on. People, there's there's a need to do so much more, and I talk about so much more with the same. Um, and sometimes it falls down the pecking order. The importance of of looking at this this area of sustainability, but we need to get it up the agenda. We need to get it up the prioritisation list. I think doing these type of activities, what we're talking about now, podcasts and and material out in the marketplace, but there's got to be ownership. There's got to be ownership within the departments. There's got to be ownership within the wider public sector. And it's got to be ownership within the supply chain. And it's hugely important that everyone comes together for the right reasons, because the right reasons isn't about pounds, shillings, and pence. There is a cost associated to, to a lot of this. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to repay that cost. But the ultimate goal is, is and the value is by far more than pounds, shillings, and pence. It's about actually ensuring that the future generations have a, a, have a world to live on. And it can be as blunt as that. So, so that, that's, that's my, my views on that, Howard. I think that, that there is education, but I think sometimes we turn a blind eye because something over there is much more important on that day. And we should actually be prioritizing much better. We should be thinking about transformation a lot sooner and we should be articulating it a lot quicker moving forward. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And thanks for that sort of, I guess, rallying call. That you know, I think we'd sort of, just to reiterate, digital transformation doesn't have to be at the cost of, I guess, environmental or sustainable transformation. They both can, can move together uh, forward. And, it, and some of the stats that Matteo was giving out in terms of we need a COVID every year to, to meet, to, to get to our 2050 goals is, is quite staggering. So we, we definitely do need to take action as the, you know, as a, I guess an IT, shall we call it, community. Uh, that's not just uh, providers, but also users as well. So, so with that, I'd love to thank you for your time, uh, Darren Matteo. I think there's some really interesting points and opinions shared there, and hopefully our sort of users uh, agree with that. Thank you both for some amazing content within that conversation. I think we'll all agree that UK PLC has got a long way to go in terms of hitting the uh, 2050 governmental targets for carbon neutrality. To all our listeners, be sure to grab the next episode where we'll be talking more about the IT impacts within your organisation in terms of driving digital transformation and, of course, supporting sustainable development. More information, visit us at dtpgroup.co.uk and hpe.com. Thanks for listening.